Put your dreams away for now I won't see you for some time I am lost in my mind I get lost in my mind Mama once told me You're already home when you feel love I am lost in my mind I get lost in my mind Hello and welcome to... Well, I don't know what episode number this is and stuff. Well, we don't care. Do New Year's care? Eve. Nobody cares. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Kids Get Queen with the Internet at Girl Meets World podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Keith. And today we are talking about Girl Meets the New Year. And this is a quick little uh, reactions podcast. Oh. We're aiming for like 30 minutes. We'll see how this goes. Uh, unfortunately, Kaylin couldn't make it this week, so we're doing this sort of first reaction thing so that we get our thoughts out there, but we're going to do a bigger podcast with your mail time, so please send in emails to gmwpodcast at gmail.com. In a few weeks, we'll have Kaylin on, get into more depth about this. Also, in case you didn't know, we also just recorded a podcast interview with David Thomas Jenkins, the actor that plays Kermit on critically acclaimed Gomez World. Yeah, so check that out. It was a really really fun time talking with David, and uh, I think you'd enjoy that if you're a Girl Meets World fan, which you better be if you're listening to this. And uh, so let's talk about New Year's, the New Year. And uh, what did you think? How would you grade? Okay, so we literally just finished the episode. I just watched it the first time. Dan had already seen it. So coming right off of that, I can say that I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I'm going to have to give it like A minus B plus because I enjoyed watching the characters together. And I felt just like I felt in Texas that I'm really watching complex characters now. I'm watching something that's a little bit more mature. I'm not being told as much, but I'm being shown. I know, Dan, you had a couple issues with how far it got story-wise, but Mm. I think that it was a a lot of nice moments with the characters that I would rather have than getting any answers. It's okay if I get more questions as long as I get to see characters up on the roof doing stuff, you know, actually feeling like fleshed-out people. And to me, that's what made this episode work. Okay, so... When I watched this episode the first time, my fir- I got reaction was C+. Uh, I don't think I'm going with that. I'd probably go more B minus B. I'll, I'll go with B. And I think that part of my part of my gut reaction, and something I said to you, um, was that I felt like I could have skipped this episode and just watched the promo, and the promo pretty much had all the actual, there was no development, it was just the thing that we saw that was a secret before is now revealed, and we get absolutely no fallout as to how people react to that secret being revealed, and now I have to wait another couple months for any sort of reveal. And so that's annoying to me. On top of that, I agree that there's character development, and maybe on the second watch, I felt it a little bit more, but it didn't really, I didn't feel like I was seeing a lot of stuff that was new, I was seeing more of what I saw, like, I don't feel like I have, like, a, a vastly different feel on what's that going on with Maya than I did at the end of Texas 3, or with Riley, or anything. To me, the only real character movement was Riley talking to Charlie, and sort of dealing with the Charlie, you know, baggage, and hopefully we can now move on from Charlie, the crazy creeper killer, and... So that, that's sort of my gut reaction. Watching it a second time, there's a lot of great comedy in this episode. It's a really fun episode. There's a lot of... You're right, it does have that nice feel. The, the ending set is fantastic. Um, For me, this is, this is an atmosphere episode. This isn't yeah. a what happens next episode where you move forward in the overall story. This is a what happens episode. This is one you sit down with the characters and just experience the characters in a way that like you can feel attached to them. I mean, this is mm-hmm. the kind of thing that you want to... 
you know, just this is the kind of thing that I, I, I definitely want to see more, even if it's not getting us anywhere in these huge arcs or anything, if it's just a filler episode in that way. I just like the atmosphere of episodes yeah. like this. We had a new set. It was awesome. There are great moments. There was really funny things with Lucas and everything. I like those things. Yeah, and I, I guess I will s- certainly admit that I think that part of my feelings are based on the hype and the fact that the episode order is the episode order. And it's it'd be one thing if literally the week after Texas 3 this came out and I was like, oh, it, it was a good fine episode and it was sort of fillery as far as the art goes but we'll get more answers next week but when we have a month of we're going taking a step back then we have just this episode then we have another month or whatever off now we're going to have another step back to other episodes that aren't in this arc and then we're going back to the arc it's because this arc is like kind of integral to how i feel about the characters and how on board i am with Maya as a person, and we got a long, couple long emails and things like that where people are really unhappy with Maya, like even more after this episode than ever before. And I don't know how I totally feel about Maya until I see really where this is going, and I want to just know how I feel about the show and how much the show is doing a love triangle. And it's just all these big questions that sort of affect how I take the show as a whole. I am now waiting months and months and months for, which maybe maybe I'm being unfair. Maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe that shouldn't impact my grading, but it certainly impacted my enjoyment. So it's mm-hmm. hard to. Yeah, I mean, and that's know. a tough thing to to figure out because obviously it's a real thing that happened. You need to factor that in. Yeah. But also, whose fault is that? How does that influence the quality of the show? And just these are the kind of things, the little things that can influence us and not make us understand yeah. so this is why we need to make well, well hold the, on the I, cut well honestly in keeping with this episode yeah. i should have given it a head and a heart grade yeah so heart grade probably was a c plus head grade probably b plus wouldn't it be the opposite did i just say the opposite heart grade was c plus because i didn't like it that much in my heart but did, head grade was b plus because i think the quality was fine interesting yeah. i would have thought you were on the opposite heart grade because they had great moments and you enjoyed it but head grade because it didn't make sense because yeah. it took so long to get there that's what i thought yes yeah, so, no but i'm, but I'm I, yeah so i'm saying that i didn't personally enjoy it that much but if i take my take the situation out of it and i guess look you know objectively at this one episode it was a good episode you know it was a very it was a very solid episode so um do we want to talk a little bit more specifics how are you how are you feeling about maya here because i know a lot of people are very not happy with Maya. interested in how much maya and riley seem to be switching roles in different ways through the last couple actually order of production episodes not order of airing episodes (laughs) that's a hard thing to talk about but and the last couple order of production episodes, as you can kind of tell, that obviously this came right this after. Texas arc, let's just call it. Yeah. yeah. They kind of are doing this little switcheroo, where obviously, like here in the classroom, Maya was like talking in almost a Riley-esque voice. She was saying these kind of like naive-ish type things that you would expect yeah. from, you or know. Or just bubbly, from, from, maybe. Yeah, from Riley. And then usually, like you were saying earlier, if you were to take it, take a, a couple steps back in time. Yeah. You would say that who is the head and who is the heart? Yeah. Well, Maya would be the head and Riley would be the heart. Yeah. But now we're flipped over because they're both actively suppressing yeah. certain impulses that they've had and trying to grow by either pretending to be something or forcing themselves to do or feel things. Yeah. Which is kind of a facade, but also kind of they're doing it because they need to, so it has to be really of them. Yeah. So it's this weird thing where what is pretend and what is real, what is the true them, yeah. which I think is interesting. We haven't really quite got into it 
literally yet because yeah. nothing's been said. But well, so how how do you feel about like first of all, I assume you think that Maya always knew that Riley was pretending and that Riley was upset. Do you think that, or I do think you think that, that, that she always suspect? I mean, there's yeah. a difference between always know and always suspect. Yeah, you know what I mean, and so a lot of people are like, he could. Farkle can tell that he's depressed and he's unhappy and he does something about it and Maya's supposed to know her better than anyone It doesn't seem to care or he, he knows and just goes, goes on and hurts her friend anyway. See, there's a difference between not caring or being swept up in your own things. I mean, yeah. just because, I mean, if you're an outside observer, you can easily say, oh, well, she must not really care about her friend if she goes away. If she is stuck inside her own head dealing with her own, you know, tumultuous kind of stuff going yeah. on. She can maybe see that there are things going on, but maybe there's just as much going on with her. Yeah. So she doesn't have the time or energy to deal with that and step away. Yeah. So, I mean, that's you can't really make those kinds yeah, of Yeah, because so, so my, my feeling here has been that she knows about Riley. She knows what's going on with Riley, but it's in her little box. She can't possibly deal with that, you know? She, she hides right it away. Yeah, she, yeah, she's not emotionally ready to deal with the fact that she's hurting her best friend, which she doesn't want to do, because she needs to do this Lucas thing for her. She needs to figure out her own feelings for herself. Also, and, what you think the question is, is she hurting her best friend, or is her best friend hurting herself? I mean, because mm. it's so tangly. Yeah. And that is what I like about it, because... You know, especially because we haven't been gotten a whole, like, oh, you're forgiven kind of thing. Oh, he's a bully, but he's better now kind of thing. Yeah. Because we're we're doing better than that now. You're better than that. <laughs> <laughs> because we're doing better than that now, I, I, I just think that it, it lends itself. It's okay that it gets dragged out because it's mm. it's dirtier, it's messier. It needs this. And honestly, I want more ambiguity. I like it because softer figured out things are often more potent yeah and i I mean the other thing i've heard some people say is they were unhappy with the fact that maya didn't say anything or do anything right after the reveal about riley came out and to me it's just like she always knew now the bubbles burst and she can't pretend anymore and she's just overwhelmed and none all three of them are numb and all three of them are overwhelmed and don't know what to do anymore and i think that that's interesting for sure I want to throw out a couple of things that bothered me about this I mean, episode. I'm glad they didn't get in a screaming match. Yeah, I no, much, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, aside from the <laughs> if literally next week they were going to follow this up, I would feel so much better about all of this. It's just, you know, because it's fine to end on that moment, whatever. I wish the promo hadn't revealed that Farkle was going to say that. But So a couple of things that I didn't like with this episode. Um, I think that Corey and Topanga, aside from the scene where the just them and Maya, which I think was really that strong, was great, scene. great scene. I think Corey was really not great this episode. I was not a fan of his classroom scene. I think that um, the other teacher, Harper, was so much stronger, and I really enjoyed seeing her back, and I'm worried because they're going to high school soon, so is this like the end of Harper? I'm I, both some surprised, but also glad to see her back. Yeah. So I thought she was great. I, the Corey stuff really didn't work for me. The little weird conversations between Corey and Topanga about the new year and blah, blah, blah. I was just like garbage. Um, not great. And so the Augie, I actually really liked the Augie and uh, Charlie yeah. interaction. It was pretty great because they just like sat down, kind of like looked at each other from the side of their eyes and then just kind of like went back <laughs> and then more things happened. It was dynamic. Yeah. yeah. The roof set was very dynamic. You yeah. had a lot of intertwining people coming in and you could see things from different angles, which is exactly what we need yeah. and why a lot of the other things feel so sterile because we don't have that kind of 
texture. I really hope both we the, see both the motion of the the characters and also just the spaces that they're in. I really hope we see more of this set. It is kind of telling to me that when we the budget gets bigger and when we get new sets, it's for these big shipping episodes. And so I hope that a little bit of that bleeds over into maybe some of the more dramatic yeah. lesson episodes as well. Because uh, you know we want those set in nice places too. The problem uh, with that is. At what point does the roof replace the window? Mm. Because it easily could, yeah. and I don't know how they can use it without yeah. having that be the... Well, it can be. It can just be like it is in How I Met Your Mother, where it's the roof shows up when there's a party or yeah, an it's, event it's or something. It's when all the entropy builds up and yeah. it has to explode and go somewhere. Yeah. It's like that's... Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about... I guess, do you have anything else you want to say about Harper or Charlie or... Um, Charlie is a creepy, creepy, creepy... <laughs> No, I, I really liked Charlie and Lucas' banter mm. because it's just so weird and interesting. It's yeah. just, it's funny. It's it's a good it's a good kind of point of humor. Yeah. Great episode for Lucas, comedy wise. Again, he's a freaking pushover who doesn't say anything about his own feelings. But that's but who he is, right? Now, I guess, so. yeah. But definitely great for comedy. I, I actually especially loved them when he comes in to Topanga's after Charlie and is talking about how Charlie gave him a bow. And he's like, I still like him. <laughs> and I thought it was just a lot of really funny stuff there. Well, what about Smackle? We had a lot to say about Smackle. So Smackle, I'm going to say overall was entertaining. I agree. Um, I, I I still like the Smackle and Lucas things. But mm. I am. I like both. I want to say I like both the Smackle and Luke's and the Smackle and Farkle. I like. I yeah. like both dynamics. I just am confused in the wake of uh, her last pivotal episode that what do certain impulses come from and what are they saying and how muddled does her character's direction get? Well, Do-ly? because so that there was actually interestingly development for Smackle in this episode in that last episode she had this sort of weird quirky thing where she was like stop hitting on me Lucas whereas this week was the first time that it seemed more the first time that felt real that she actually also had feelings for him and it wasn't just like this weird thing they had yeah and again I I just don't know how much of it is teasing and what I mean yeah and what is like playful teasing versus like actual reciprocated versus non-reciprocated feelings I don't know I, I did like seeing her and Farkle as, like, an actual couple that it feels like we're growing up a little bit here. I think the tickle thing we both hated. Yeah, uh, I don't even... <laughs> no, very weird. But generally, I enjoyed it's seeing them together. interesting, because I, 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 yeah. I have to interrupt you before I forget. That's I'm fine. Sorry. <laughs> but we were talking about Farkle in the way that I was telling you how they kind of made him calm down all of a sudden. That maybe made him a little too stoic, a little too stagnant. Yeah. And then right after I said that, he had his outburst of the ha, yeah. which was like, well, never mind, I guess. <laughs> and then he had the other thing. So it's a, it's a weird dichotomy that they are calming him down. But in this one episode where he is so reasonable and so kind of in the background as this kind of almost voice of reason, yeah. you can debate that a little bit, but... And he does two things which are so old Farkle yeah. in, in that way, well, in the they, showy kind of well, way. Well, he, uh, he outright says, after he does the ha, huh, he says, just because I don't do that all the time doesn't mean I never, right. I don't do it at all. And so, what the hell is that? Well, so I think that's very purposeful in that there's, they realize, oh, look how different he is. We want to make sure he's still him to some degree. So we're throwing these things in. That's not the thing to throw in, though. Yeah. Especially and, not then. And I, I guess generally thought that the scene with Riley and Farkle outside 
uh, you know, early on outside of Topanga's was not a great scene, uh, you know, just writing wise. And I, I just, it just felt overly stilted. I wasn't super on board with the direction of that particular scene, but yeah, there were a couple scenes, that one and the Corey classroom scene that you were mentioning. Yeah. That I think should have either been wrapped up into different scenes or really cut down. Yeah. And then I would have wanted that time to go to the party scene. Yeah. I want I wanted more. I wanted more in of the that, roof. For yeah, one yeah I wanted either more party and roof or more a little bit after that. Yeah, I agree. Because I felt I really liked the time spent with these characters in this episode, but I felt like when the episode ended, it was like, oh, really? The episode's over? Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't know, is it because I've been watching, like, 45-minute episodes <laughs> of different shows? Yeah. And I felt like that, but, like, I just, it was a short, it yeah. a short feeling. Yeah. I, 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 we moved on from Smackle, but I want to make sure that I get in that I, I feel uncomfortable watching her character lately because... The baggage. I, I, because there's a lot of baggage here in that I like her. I like the performance of, from her. I like her connection with Farkle, and I like her connection with Lucas. I think she is a funny actress. But now it feels uncomfortably at times like we're laughing at the symptoms of autism and that her her comedy is, oh, look, she's awkward because of her autism. Let's laugh at that. And I, obviously they are not meaning to do that. Mm-hmm. But, and, I, and, I, and honestly, sometimes it is still funny, but I just like... There's such a fine line there. Yeah, of, what's too far? Yeah. What, what is tasteful? And how can they utilize a quirk of a character but not make it their defining thing that controls everything that happens? Yeah. Because personally, what I would like from a character like that is her comedy comes from things that have nothing to do with that, mm-hmm. and her drama comes from that. You right. know, like it's just like. I bring it back to if it was a blind character and you had a whole dramatic episode about the difficulties of being blind and then the next episode they come in and they walk into a door and Farkle's like, oh, honey, don't walk into doors. I would be like, what are you doing? I, I don't, I don't, I don't oh, get it. Oh, honey, don't walk into doors. <laughs> That's Dan's new sitcom. He's airing oh, the pilot honey. this weekend. Um, yeah, I no, I totally agree, which is why things like the hugging, yeah. I was like, uh, come on. But you know, and that's why the Lucas thing is also so confusing because I don't know how that fits in yeah. to whether that's inside or outside of that or if it's in spite of that. You know yeah. I, mean? I just don't know if it's good or bad. I don't know if it's good that it ha- doesn't make sense or bad that it doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I still like it. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, also, I just have to throw in as another thing that I wasn't a huge fan of was uh, I just didn't. I, I know you laughed at this, so you might just totally disagree with me here. But uh, I really didn't like the Charlie in class thing with the sense of sensibility with everybody being like, why, why, why? And then also having to put the qualifier of because my mom and sisters made me. Yeah, that was a weird thing where it's like he has to defend yeah. a masculine that is what I laughed was the Lucas thing yeah, yeah the thing that I liked about that scene is I could take or leave that scene except for the fact that everyone's jumping up and yeah. using and then Lucas gets yeah. stranded that's I, what I liked I, about I, that, that, that was that was definitely funny I thought Lucas was good there it's and it's I, I think it's an interesting thing to debate and I obviously want to talk about this when Caitlin comes back too because I've talked to this with other people and they're like, well, it's realistic that if a eighth grade boy said in class that he walked on sensibility, that everybody would be like jumping on him and everything. And I'm like, yes, it's realistic. That doesn't mean that you have to do that. Like it's, well, the question becomes his defense <laughs> yeah. is that 
the defense written into the characters so that we think a certain way of him, or is that the character's defense that the character came up with to defend themselves? Yeah. I mean, and that's the difference. I mean, obviously, yes, you can exploit certain things because it's a sitcom and there's... Yeah. You, you can only go too complicated into those kind of it things. It aired but. on the side of that, like, weird no-homo moment and yeah. semi-formal, whereas, like, what is the... Like, I, it, I didn't hate it, I, and I can see people liking it, but similar, moving on from that... Like, Sense and Sensibility, the Harper lesson, is there anything you want to say about that before we close out? Uh, well, just, I guess, real quick, as we were talking about how I thought it was funny that you could easily apply the same argument to to Farkle and Lucas a little mm. bit even stronger than the two girls. It's yeah. only the situation they're in. Yeah. Which is interesting. They're like, how can they be sitting in the back and be thinking, oh, yeah, it's obviously talking about the girls. It's not us at all, especially when Lucas is the one who has to be, like... Passionate. Has and... to, like, sit down because he's yelling all the yeah. time. <laughs> which, which is, I mean, yes, it's we've been talking about this more recently. He's been talking doing these outbursty things. Yeah. But yeah, I would still say... We're led to believe that he's always been under the surface like that. He's just been more reserved in showing it. Yeah. Because he was new and yeah. so. Uh, I actually thought of two last things I just want to throw in. Uh, Nose. Uh, I didn't miss him, but it, it does it does make it feel weird when he comes back and is supposed to be integral, but is missing from integral episodes. Has Charlie ever met Zay? It would be a clash of worlds if that happens. <laughs> See, well, I mean, Charlie and Zay were both together in Texas 3, but I don't know if they ever spoke to each other. Yeah. yeah. So they were never, were they ever in a room at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the other thing I also wanted to throw in is, how do you feel about Farkle and Farkle's decision to reveal this thing? Is it... like no, I, I do not think that he is as righteous as he thinks he is, because even if it was a good move, it wouldn't be a good move to do it in front of everybody. Yeah. So, obviously, he's not, like, the absolute right. Yeah. He thinks he might be, which is okay, because that that kind of arrogance... This is the kind of arrogance of Farkle that I don't mind seeing. Yeah. Because it actually makes sense, and it will have consequences, some good and some bad, and it's different than him just, like, giving a monologue in front of the class. Yeah. So, this... Being the arrogance of Farkle, I don't mind as long as they at least talk about it a little bit. That yeah, it I want was there to that. be. I want there to be some fallout as far as yeah. like. I, him, ex- I expect there will be. Well, I'm not sure because I I sort of have felt like Farkle's been speaking for the writers in this arc, and so until I'm not, now, I think. Though. Yeah, okay, I think I can because see I that. think this is him being a young character thinking he knows what's best and then going too yeah. far at the wrong moment. Yeah, like I think he's sort of. In the right, but yeah, I agree. In front of everybody, not the way to do it, and uh, yeah. He maybe should continue to push her, but I don't know if it was ever his place to actually... Reveal. Yeah. Yeah. He can campaign on on the behalf of (laughs) different aspects, but I don't know that his role to actually make any grand gestures. Yeah. I mean, I could even maybe see him talking to Lucas and saying, you need to talk to Riley. Indirect, sort of. Yeah. I would actually... we, We have just not gotten enough... Farkle Lucas Except serious the weird, scenes. Yeah, the weird, like, oh, I don't want to go to the movies with you. Yeah, or that, or in um, yearbook where he's like, I'm not going to wear turtlenecks anymore. And he's like, but I like your turtlenecks, man. <laughs> man. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Or we ended up. That's a weird place to end up. <laughs> man. <laughs> I mean, I feel so abrupt. I mean, 
Well, okay, so if, if uh, you can keep thinking, I'll just go through everything as far as you can send us emails at gmwpodcast at gmail.com. Emails are the best way to get on the big mail time uh, New Year's podcast that we'll do, uh, because if you send us tweets now, I'm not really going to be able to go through and get all those because we get a lot of tweets. Uh, but generally, if you want to follow us on Twitter, at GMW Podcast, and uh, what else are we doing? We do GMWPodcast.com. If you want to write a guest blog on there, that's really great. And, Check out our uh, interviews, more coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we do. We have some more interviews coming up, so that would be exciting. Also, if you want to send us a voice memo uh, at, for the, through the email, under three minutes would be great. We'd like to include those in New Year's uh, Part 2, basically. And uh, we'll see what Caitlin thinks. Anything else? Not that I can remember. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back in a few weeks. Dream. Try. Do good. Class dismissed.